Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Smith of Nebraska. McCarthy. Smith of New Jersey. McCarthy. Smith of Washington. Jeffries. Smucker. McCarthy. Sorensen. Jeffries. Soto. Jeffries. Spanberger. Jeffries. Sparks. Sparks. Stansbury. Did Victoria Sparks just not vote? Jeffries. Oh, don't worry. They'll call the people who didn't vote the first time around. She could have been in a restroom for all I know. We're talking about Victoria Sparks. Jeffries. Of Indiana. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? The vote for speakers, and yes, Byron Donald's got 20. Now, they're not done. They're only on the S's. They're only on the S's. Byron Donalds could get more than 20 votes. Who's Byron Donalds? Congressman from Florida. Congressman from Florida who was nominated by Representative Chip Roy of Texas. It was Jim Jordan who got the nomination yesterday from Chip Roy. And it was Jordan who said of of Ohio, hey, thanks, but I'm not interested in this at all. I am not interested in this gig whatsoever. I won't serve. And that did not make the people who were opposed to McCarthy say, all right, I guess McCarthy's going to have to be the guy. No. What they said was, who else do we got? Is Byron Donalds, the representative from Florida, a consensus candidate? When McCarthy drops, somebody everyone can coalesce behind? I like the dude. I like the dude a lot. I took a look at Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana. And I asked him point blank if he would do it. He, that man would not answer my question, no, how? Maybe it's because there's the conversation of him running for Senate that, 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 that could be taking place. Uh, maybe there are some other considerations. He said he was voting for McCarthy this time around as well. Well, this is the fourth vote. Second day, fourth vote for Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy has to look into the mirror. He doesn't have the votes. That's all there is to it. It doesn't it doesn't get more complicated than this. Just reality. He does not have the votes and he's not going to be the speaker. I've been trying to figure out how in the world he could change people's minds, twist people, right? Whether through uh, through uh, vinegar or through honey, and get the, these. He doesn't need all twenty. He's going to get to two hundred and two again. He needs eight, he needs uh, f- sixteen more. How does he get them? 
I can't figure it out. I do this kind of math all the time. I cannot figure out how he thinks he's going to be able to get the votes. Because they're not there. They're 150% not there. He don't got them. You don't have the votes. You don't have the votes. <laughs> You're gonna need congressional approval and you don't have the votes. Now, we've already discussed whether or not this makes Republicans look bad, and the question is to whom? To Democrats? The Republicans are always bad to Democrats. Who cares? Does it matter what MSNBC says at this occasion? Of course not. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? They're meaningless. Joy Reid has something to say uh, about um, Republicans? That, that matters? Of course not. Don't be silly. Would it does this affect if McCarthy should somehow figure out a way to get a victory? Does this affect the way uh, he would be as speaker? Does it does it change his efficacy? The answer is absolutely and twice on Sunday. It makes him extremely ineffective. Extremely, extremely ineffective. But so far, there's no word that he's going to drop. On vote number five, that'll come up possibly in in the next hour as the vote continues. Meanwhile, there are other things going on in the world, although I'm watching. I've got bourbon. I've got sushi. Ryan run the board. He's got some, what is it, Jimmy John's? Is that what we got? For, we couldn't, couldn't I do you any better than Jimmy? Is Jimmy John's good? I take that back. I shouldn't mock. I've never actually had a Jimmy John's sandwich a day in my life. What are you looking at me like that for? You've never had Jimmy John's? I've never had a Jimmy John's sandwich. I've never had a reason to have a Jimmy John's sandwich. I'm not anti-Jimmy John's. I'm just saying it. I never had it. That's what you were in the mood for. So that's that's what I got for you. I got the bourbon right here. You're not drinking today. Good for you. One of us should be uh, prepared to handle this program. Sam Bankman freed pleading not guilty to federal fraud charges. He's guilty. He is guilty. Of course, this is FTX. What was FTX doing? Taking money from those who had bought crypto and then putting it into another company he had called Alameda Research, where they were engaged in very, very speculative investments. Lost people's money, couldn't put the money back. People were like, hey, where's my money? And then there was a run, and then a billion dollars is missing. Meanwhile, he was in the Bahamas hanging out. They had spent over $250 million on real estate. $250 million on real estate, and you don't have your money. And Sam Bankman-Fried is, is, starts to do interviews like, I've had a very, very rough time of it. Like anybody cares, you've had a rough time of it. You stole from people. You stole their money. Now you're going to plead not guilty. Uh, for the record, I also would have pled not guilty. 
Pleading guilty doesn't get you anywhere. Make the government prove its case. How many times have we seen the government, whether it be on the state level or on the federal level, be incompetent and incapable? Plead not guilty. You got nothing to lose in that case. Plead not guilty. But uh, for the record, he is. So this case will happen. We will hear the story. And then there will be those people who are associated with him. Oh, that Caroline, what's her name? The one when you look at her, you're like, oh, what happened here? What happened here? Yeah, she's, um, she's, I'm sure she's lovely. But you're, if, if you want a photo next to the word nerd in the dictionary, that's, that's, uh, this, this, this woman that he worked with. If you want a picture, if you want a, a picture next to the definition of beta male, then you go to Sam Bankman Freed. Caroline Ellison is her name. That's the one who was involved in, in this, in this theft, in this fraud, in this stealing. I only hope they're able to build the case. They have to make the case. And there's a big question about all the money that was donated. Right? They donated a tremendous amount of money. I believe the the clinical term is a crap ton of money to Democratic causes, Democratic candidates. But they also did de- uh, donate to Republicans. And people who got the money are saying things like, well, we're going to give the money that, that money to charity. I don't understand why the money doesn't go to some level of fund that returns money to the people who were stolen from. You went, we were on FTX, they stole your money. So why shouldn't the money go back to them? Why is it going to some charity? I'm not anti-charity, but I'm certainly opposed to the idea that you steal from people, and then the answer is, well, return the money somewhere else. That seems very awkward. Very, very off-putting. The charges against Kev- uh, against Kevin McCarthy, that'd be funny. That's funny. Yeah, it's, it's top mine. The charges against Sam Bankman-Fried, they have to be s- seen through to the very, very end. You simply can't let this go by the wayside. Then again, these are the same people who let Jeffrey Epstein go by the wayside. Oh, well, he died in prison. Oh, nobody was watching. Oh, there was no video. Oopsie. Let's move on with our day. I don't want to move on with my day. I don't want to move on with my day. Meanwhile, the Dow is up 188. The NASDAQ is up 88. And General Motors had a 2.5% jump in sales. And they are now America's top automaker once again. Toyota selling 2.1 million vehicles, down 9.6% from 2021. GM sold 2.27 million vehicles in 2022, up 2.5% over 2021. I find it interesting they were able to sell vehicles when there were no chips. We still have a computer chip shortage. Still to this day. With commentary that it's not going to get better until 2024. We won't have regular supply 
until 2024. I find it fascinating that for, you know, we talk about recession. We talk about uh, financial issues. And I I had this conversation when I was on vacation. I saw a friend of mine. If you ask me, yes, we're in a recession. If you ask me, we're in a recession right now. We've been in a recession, and it's only going to get worse going in to 2023. Yet stores are full, and people have shopping bags, and restaurants you can't get into. What's actually going on? What actually is happening? It's a question that I don't 100% have an answer to except I may not be aware to the levels to which people have debt, although we've seen credit card debt explode and credit card rates are on the rise. How in the world are people affording all of these things if, like I believe, the recession isn't coming, it's here, we're in it? I don't have an answer. And my the only answer I can come to is, oh, this is about debt. This is about big, big, big debt. And that debt bomb is going to be something else. In the meantime, people are buying trucks. Okay. Oh, and General Motors, if you would like to keep this advantage, you may not want to go to that all-electric fleet. That's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Kevin McCarthy, 201 votes. Hakeem Jeffries, 212 votes. Byron Donalds, 20 votes. And one person votes present. I didn't catch who that was. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. They will go to a fifth ballot. And by the way, for all those organizations talking about chaos, talking about... AFP News Agency referred to it as U.S. Congress crisis deepens as fourth speaker votes fails. Oh, shut up. You sound ridiculous. What's the crisis? Men in suits and women in pantsuits sitting around talking to each other. There was more of a crisis in the movie Airplane when Julie Haggerty says, does anybody know how to fly a plane? What crisis are we talking about? There's more of a crisis when your two-year-old has to go potty and there's no bathroom in sight. By the way, first time utilizing the word potty on the show. Can I get a little little something? Right there. Crisis. This is why when people scream about embarrassment, don't pay any attention. They're remarkably inept people. Ignorant, dumb people. What we have to ask ourselves is, of course, what do we want? What we have to ask ourselves is, where do we see opportunity? And then, of course, Do you want to be somebody who has Joe Biden singing your praises? But Mitch, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't easy and uh, to get this done and it wouldn't have gotten done no matter all the work so many others have done and by writing the legislation and dropping it in, it wouldn't have happened. 
without your hand. It just wouldn't have gotten done. And I want to thank you for that. That's Joe Biden in Kentucky thanking Mitch McConnell for supporting uh, the infrastructure omnibus, whatever it is, package. That's a bad look. That's a bad look. You don't want that. But Mitch McConnell's there. Look, Kentucky's getting a bunch of money. Mitch wants to take credit for it. I I get that. But there comes a moment where you're like, maybe, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to be around that one. And this is the thing that gets the Mitch McConnell haters crazy. And, And what are you supposed to tell them? No. It's a bad look. Bad political look. Bad personal look. You really want to be associated with the guy saying things like this. Why, why, why is it so important to go to Kentucky today? Why is it so important? Yeah. We work like hell to get the most significant infrastructure bill in the history of the United States other than the Eisenhower's uh, interstate highway system. We're about to change. Look, I think our administration has begun to move the economy in the direction where we're investing in America again. We're the leading economy in the world. How can you remain the leading economy in the world after having the greatest infrastructure in the world? And it's just beginning. You're proud? I'm not arguing that we don't need to work on infrastructure. I am arguing that it clearly isn't as bad as many people say. It just it's going to need work. I don't think that's a, a deniable conversation. But proud of this spending? Well, Mitch is. So, admittedly, I'm pretty <laughs> proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. What priorities are those? Honestly, the priority of pork products, uh, pork products, pork uh, uh, projects, because pork products, that I'd be in favor of. If everybody got bacon, you know, I just want to say as a Jewish man, uh, I would approve of this. Because you can always give it to a friend and they're like, oh, more bacon. Thanks. You're the best neighbor ever. And I don't know, they'll come to you with a brisket one day. You don't know. These things get paid back by meat. So I've got Joe Biden proud of this economy, and I've got Mitch McConnell proud of his association with this legislation. I love cocaine! Sure. Makes perfect sense. The crazy get crazier, and it drives the people, especially in that activist side, just nutty. I have long argued that I'm just, I'm just not anti-Mitch. Keeping Merrick Garland out was still enough for me. But lately, you can only hold on to yesterday for so long. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. This right here is Tony Katz Today.
So that game between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals is not going to resume this week. I'm a little perplexed. And people are very angry if you should question whether or not that game should have continued. They will scream at you, you're a terrible person, you're awful. Woe up just a bit. No one is suggesting, no one is suggesting that you should not have taken care of DeMar Hamlin. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. The man had a heart attack right on the field. You needed CPR. You needed a defibrillator. It was a tackle. It was a clean tackle. Didn't even look like, outsider looking in, didn't even look like the hardest tackle out there. We've seen people take a far what looks like stronger hits, but sometimes it's not the strength of the hit. It's about where. It's about the quality of the hit. You have seen, if you watch MMA, mixed martial arts, you can see guys get punched square in the face and they're fine, but they get grazed anywhere near the temple, they're done. They're gone. We've seen hits that look like glancing blows to the top of the head in boxing. That's it. Knockout. Done. We see it time and again. So in the case of this uh, safety from the, the, the Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, you have the strength of the hit. You have the location of the hit. You have where his heart was in rhythm. And all of those things, that it's, it's, it's amazing. That confluence is what led to his heart stopping. And, of course, we're going to gain more and more information on this. Family has come out to say he's doing better uh, with, with, with breathing. Uh, there are more uh, signs uh, of things going better uh, uh, for him and, and only hope the best. But there was this question of whether or not you, you put an end – to the game. And there's been a big back and forth. And Ryan, you're a sports guy. Ryan is, is working the, the, the board here today, uh, sometimes producer of the show. The argument about the game is that Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, who were in the booth, and, and everyone says that ESPN handled this very, very well. Would you agree with that, how they called the game, how they dealt with it as it was going on, that they handled that well? I Yeah, I can't hear you. You might want to put the microphone I'd on. I strongly agree. Okay. So you thought they handled it well. You thought they, they did a good job. They claim that it was the NFL that said, we're going to give everybody five minutes to regroup, and then we're going to continue the game. That's the claim from Buck and from Troy Aikman, correct? Correct. Okay. The NFL says no way that that happened. Troy Vincent, former player, uh, NFL Players Association, is saying that absolutely didn't happen, Correct. That's correct. Okay. Do we know which one happened? There was a report earlier from a credible source that said in the NFL rules, the emergency procedures say after a long pause in the game, you get a five-minute warm-up period. So there may have been an announcement made over the PA just following those procedures. Okay, so no ill intent or ill will just here are the procedures it's it's like uh, uh, apollo 13 you know or 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 the apollo you know talking about a major malfunction you know it, it's it's it, you know houston we have a problem major malfunction those kinds of things um 
there, so someone's following the rule books. Okay, five minute warm up period, and we get back to it. Correct. Okay. Some people were very upset by this, and according to some, the coaches, when they spoke, the Bills coach Sean McDermott, I believe his name is, correct, said to the Cincinnati coach, whose name eludes me, that I need to be with with Demar. And someone came to the Cincinnati coach talking about, "Hey, we'll, we'll start again in five minutes," and possibly he was like, "Oh, blank that, f that, and your meemaw. This this is just not happening." Is any of that true? I believe that was the referees who came down, and I don't know if that was them making the decision to start in five minutes or if that was just going off of protocols, and then at that point, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach, took things into his own hands. And said, we're done. He's, I mean, that's basically what he said. Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, said, we're done. We're not playing. We're, we're, we're finished for today, which is a very interesting thing to, to, to hear. Would there have been, would it have been possible, in your view, you cover these things, you do a lot of uh, sports reporting, you do a lot of sports producing, would it have just been impossible for this game to continue? I mean, was that really that far out of the realm? I mean, what what these guys were watching, they were very close to it. You're watching a player have CPR administered, you're watching the defibrillator, you play football, you're not... A guy getting a concussion is one thing. A guy leaving the field with, uh, you know, in in a neck brace is is another thing. A broken leg, right? They didn't not finish the game, or they they didn't stop the game after Joe Theismann. They finished the game, and that leg break was brutal, absolutely brutal. Was there ever a conversation of, or or or, or a thought in your head, thought in anybody else's head that you know they can finish this game? I don't know that I'd say they could finish the game. I thought they may play the game on Tuesday or Wednesday, which is allowed by NFL rules. I don't know that just because of the magnitude of the situation and him leaving the field intubated, if that was ever in the realm of possibility based on knowing the players and the coaches. It It is weird because you bring up the next the next part of this. They didn't delay the game for a day or two. This game isn't going to be played. For, I, I don't even know when. Because next week, they each have different... This Sunday, they have different opponents. This ha- game has serious playoff implications. And they don't... It, it's The score is 7-3. to three. There's 5 minutes and 33 seconds left to go in the first quarter. And they're not... They're not playing. They, I don't know when they're going to... They're going to get back to it after the season ends? There's a couple scenarios out there. One, that they could push the week, the bye week, between the Super Bowl and the conference finals. Just eliminate that, eliminate the Pro Bowl, or push it back after the Super Bowl and kind of start the playoffs a week later in sense and play the Bengals game when the wild card rounds were supposed to be played and push those back a week. But then that would fluctuate the whole playoff schedule as well. So, Yeah, it will. That's a lot of financial investment. So that's a lot of money on on the table. Um, there's a follow-up to this, which is who runs the show? Who runs the show? Because if Zach Taylor, the the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, can say, yeah, we're not taking the field again. We're, d- we're done. The NFL doesn't control anything. The coach controls the NFL. How does the NFL deal with that, and what does this lead to? Like, is there a fear that... Um, 
this can bring itself down the road to creating other problems? I'm not sure if there'd be that much of a fear just because of the situation, the magnitude of it. It doesn't happen. You don't see a lot of players. Obviously, you said they. Get no, injured. you never. You never see. I mean, this you is never see super rare. Like that. You see players get injured, but not life threatening to that severity. And then also, where like days down the line, you still we still don't know his true condition or the true outcome of the situation, which I think kind of complicates the situation for the NFL and for the Buffalo Bills. I know the Bengals went back to practice today and media availability, but I don't know that the Bills have began preparing in terms of next week. Well, the Bills can't assume that somehow it all stops and 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 they they need a month to to get themselves back together. Could you need a a, a month? To, I mean, th- there comes a moment where it's like, all right, we gotta get back to work here. Is anybody thinking that the is someone saying anywhere that the Bills are like we're not so sure we're still shaking we're gonna need some more time because you don't get more time. That's where this whole if they had played would that have somehow been unacceptable? I don't think so. If they had played, they'd played. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even have thought about it. I would have gone the other way and been like, yeah, they went back to the game. That guy is on his way to a hospital. He's gonna get the best care in the world, and that's all you can do. Me, I got to get back to the job that I'm that I'm doing. So I don't think people. I, I'm still questioning whether people would have freaked out if the game had continued. But nobody's questioning. That, nobody's actually saying that the Buffalo Bills are like we need more time. Is anybody saying that? I haven't heard. We haven't heard much from the Bills at all. They met yesterday, but outside of that, there hasn't been much communication from Buffalo in terms of what the team is doing. I've only heard from the Bengals side, which obviously went back to practice. But I know the backlash on social media wasn't good while the game was temporarily suspended for just an hour. It was going crazy in terms of people asking the NFL why it's taking that long. Why why it took so long to get the game back going. To postpone it. Oh, oh, they thought it should have been postponed immediately. Correct. That was the initial reaction on social media. Hmm. I'm curious as as we look back on it how people are going to take it. I I mean I don't have a dog in the fight. If they want to postpone, they can. But if they're going to throw off the entire playoff schedule for it, some people are going to have a right to be angry. <laughs> the question is, will they have the strength to voice that right uh, for fear of uh, for fear of backlash? Meanwhile, it's very good to hear that uh, Demar Hamlin is, uh, according to uh, family members, responding better. Wish him all the absolute. I mean, this is, it's one of those things, you know, there have been a couple pieces of terminology, medical terminology about what actually uh, happened. And I'll wait for doctors to really make the statement. But one of these things in, in this heart stopping, you know, it's it's not like, uh, you know, bippity boppity boo and you're back on your feet. Uh, near 50% of people don't survive it. And he had quite literally some of the best medical teams in the world being able to work on him. So I don't know if this ends careers. I don't know what this does. But just wish all the best for him and his family and and uh, get back to health and then figure out your next steps for sure. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Bring on vote number five. Because this is where they're at. No Speaker of the House has been voted for yet. Kevin McCarthy has not sealed the deal 
on four ballots, bring on the fifth. But Byron Donald's got put into nomination. Byron Donald's the congressman from Florida. And he got 20 votes. It was Jim Jordan getting 20 votes yesterday. Byron Donald's. Heads on over to Fox News, and they're like, so um, what are uh, your intentions? What are your intentions here? Because it seemed going into this that you might be willing to vote for Kevin McCarthy if you thought he was viable. Do you believe he is no longer viable? Uh, I think the path is very difficult right now for Kevin. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, what I want to make sure is that we elect the Speaker of the House and we go on and accomplish the business that the American people sent us here to do. We know the issues. We have a porous border. We're massively in debt. Uh, purchasing power for the American families has been crippled under this administration. And we want to fix all those problems. But one of the core issues we have is that Washington is broken. The House does not function. And so we want to see a process where power is actually devolved back to the members of Congress so that they can do the job on behalf of the people who sent them here so we can actually go start the process of fixing the issues that are ailing every American. Now, coming back to the speakership vote, um, my intentions is to make sure that we get a speaker elected and that we start this process. Um, it may be me, it may not be me, but those are my intentions. Now, I believe his intention is to see whether or not this can be, this is something that can happen. There's also another interesting little tidbit at play here. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. That's me. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to be uh, with you. Uh, I'm, I'm watching this happen. It's Lauren Boebert on the floor uh, right right now making her statements. It's some amazing rules that we have been able to get an agreement on, I think. We were threatened pretty heavily in conference saying if we don't do as we ought, then some of those rules may just go away. But even naming the germaneness rule, which is really fantastic, after Morgan Griffith, well, that was our idea too. My question is, why didn't the supposed leader of the Republican Party present these rules? Why were we fought so hard on these rules? The barrier that still stands in the way of these rules is the structure that prevents us from rolling over. And as my friend from Chip Roy stated, we need the tools and the leadership to do our job correctly. And I believe that Byron Donalds is the man to lead us to that path of getting America on track and uniting the Republican Party. My colleagues and I. So, I mean, making no bones about it. Byron Donalds. Now, I had said uh, I would like to see uh, Congressman Jim Banks's name in that mix. Right now, it doesn't seem to be the case, but let's see if Byron Donalds on vote five gets more than 20 votes. The interesting little tidbit, something to keep in the back of your head as you're watching this happen. 2024, and I know what, what, what you're saying. You're saying that, yes, that's the presidential election. That's in two years. Well, Ron DeSantis just got sworn in. But he's most probably going to run for president. Now, that means there's not going to be... A, there will be an opening in 24, but that'll be filled by a lieutenant governor. There's going to be an opening in 2026. Byron Donalds and Matt Gates are both considering that governor's mansion. 
So what happens here could possibly be having a bit of play on what may happen down the road. If you're Speaker of the House, you would have a wonderful platform from which to then run for governor. But if you're Speaker of the House, do you even think about running for governor? You're the freaking Speaker. But if you led the charge against Kevin McCarthy to get someone else to be Speaker, now you're the guy who's owed one. What does one do about that? Does is is this helpful to Byron Donalds? Is this a deal made to try and get something done because they're both going to run for the governor's mansion? If it doesn't work, all right, they they're 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 going to have to run against each other, and that's the way it goes. It's just an interesting little tidbit in there, an interesting little piece worthy of of a conversation, worthy of of noting that that is possible. As for for Lauren Boebert, as for Representative Boebert, as for Representative Gates and a series of others, at this stage, I don't believe there's anything that harms them. If on a second vote or on a third vote, McCarthy had been elected, yeah, there could be some retribution. But now on a fifth vote, which is just happening right now, On a fifth vote, happening as we speak, I don't think they're in any level of jeopardy at all. I don't think there's any level of jeopardy for anybody who has said, "Yeah, we're not, we're not on a, we're not on Team McCarthy." They get to go home and say, "We tried our best." Don't forget to donate. Thank you. But how are they going to explain going against Trump? Has anybody noticed that there was President Trump supporting Kevin McCarthy and still 21 people, not 2021 people, vote Republicans voted for somebody other than him after Trump's endorsement? Can we ask the next question? Not about blood donations, about this. Um, is Trump still the leader of the Republican Party? If he can say support Kevin McCarthy and literally he loses more votes? It's a question worth asking. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.